We are so happy to be worshiping with you this morning. It's going to be a beautiful morning. We're so happy that it's fall and the weather is nice. Awesome day. There's going to be some great things in this service for you, so stay tuned. So for our announcements for this week, we have a couple of save the dates. Our first one is we're going to do a worship night on October the 16th. It'll be from 7, starting at the table. So if you want to come and relax and just soak to some good music and prayer, come do that. Again, it's going to be October the 16th. It'll be a Friday night, and then come at 7, and it'll go on till till it goes on. So, and then our second one is going to be November the 1st. We are going to have an outdoor worship service. So if you like to watch from live stream, this might be a really great opportunity for you to jump into community. It'll be outdoors and socially distanced. There also will be a recording that morning, but this will take place during a normal worship service time. So it'll be on a Sunday morning at 11 a.m. in the park near RCC. There'll be more information coming out about that soon. So stay tuned for that. And then every Wednesday night, you know we do our nights at Bronner. Starts from 6 to 8. Bring your own games and food and just come and fellowship with us. We'll see you there on Wednesdays if the weather is nice. And then this week we are jumping into our pot series. So each week we'll have something for you. It's going to talk more um, about all of the pots, breaking them down. You're going to hear some really great videos and have good resources. This week we're going to have a video for you. It'll be a Zoom call. So stay tuned for more information about that link. It'll also be um, a chance to do the Lectio Divina and an uh, intro to spiritual formation. So if you are curious about that, if you're looking for some ways this season to get more plugged in into community and just to have some really good tools to get closer to God in this season, that's going to be great. So stay tuned. It'll be on the prayer book face wall or the <laughs> Facebook prayer wall and you'll see it on our social medias. So just stay tuned for all of those. You'll see it there. And then finally, again, like I said, this season is going to be pot season. So make sure that you're following us on Facebook, on Instagram. Make sure that you are tuning in to all of the series that we're going to be doing. We'll have videos for you. We'll have things for you to download and print. So stay tuned. We're going to have some really great resources for you. Now on to our lectionary reading. And that's going to come from Psalms 80 this morning. And it says, Restore us, God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it and took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered in its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. Why then have you broken down its walls so that all who pass along the way pluck its fruit? The boar from the forest ravishes it, and all, on, and all that move in the field feed on it. Turn again, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see. Have regard for this vine. Preserve what is your right hand has planted. So God, we just live in the tension of this verse this morning. You have created us and given us influence in our communities. Lord, your presence as it shines through us gives light and it gives shade and it gives encouragement. But it also asks that we stay vulnerable in a world that doesn't always have the best intentions. And so Lord, we just pray to be a community that can stand in the path and give freely. We pray, Lord, that we can have open hands and open hearts and to be there for those in need and to stay stay in the mix 
Lord, we pray a prayer of thanks that your hand is always with us and that you do preserve us and you do protect us. Lord, we thank you so much for this morning and for fall coming, for the colors, for the reminder to just let things go and that you are a God of every season. And so, Lord, we just posture our heart this morning towards you and towards what nature is teaching us, Lord. We just take a deep inhale this morning and breathe in your peace and your spirit. And we just exhale our worry and our fear and the things that we're holding on too tightly to. And God, we just give you this morning and we give you our praise. We give you our anxieties and instead you give us joy. And so we just thank you for everyone who is under my voice, who can see on live stream or in the room. Bless them in a special way this morning, God. Gift them with something that only you know about. Show them your kindness. Show them your stability. Show them your companionship. And we just, we love you and we thank you for being a God that wants to meet with us this morning. And in your precious name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Um, as we go into prayers of the people, I ask that you remain standing um, if you're with us and even at home, if you would like, just as a, a sign of participation. Psalm 90, the first two verses of Psalm 90 say, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. For the mountains were brought forth and ever or ever you had formed the earth and the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And so for just a moment before we move into praying for the great sufferings around the world and interceding on their behalf for just a moment, allow that to settle into your own heart that everlasting to everlasting that God is on the throne unshakable unmovable and yet ever present in the smallest of details even if that doesn't feel true would we remind ourselves would we allow our spirit to to remind our flesh of who God is and who has always been and who will, he will always be. We pray for the universal church, its members and its mission. We pray for those in Laos and the Chinese villages who are receiving persecution because of their faith and not receiving government assistance. We pray for Pastor Nugas, who was murdered for not giving money to a rebel group in his congregation that is now mourning the loss of their pastor and also fearing for their own lives from the rebel groups. God, would their faith be spurred on by the faith of the brothers and sisters around the world who are interceding on their behalf? May they be reminded in their villages and in their homes and in their hearts and in their communities that you are sitting on the throne and that you are reigning over all. 
and that you are near to them. You are near to them in the weeping. You are near to them in the distress. You are near to them in the fear and you will carry them through. We pray for the world and all those in it. We pray for Armenia and our Azerbaijan as there's conflict increasing again and there's bombings that are killing hundreds immense about a conflict and disagreements. God, would you restore peace to the cities that are being bombed and the countries and the people that are being so deeply impacted by this, a fear that I cannot imagine, but God, you are ever present and ever near. So would you, in very real ways, step in Would there be a ceasefire? Would their conflict be set aside? Would peace be restored? Would you remind your people that you are present and near and reigning over all, even when it doesn't feel or look that way? We pray for the floods in Italy and France and the fires in California and the people who have lost homes and businesses, lives, Allow aid to come and surround them and support them. May the church step in and be the tangible hands and feet of Jesus. May we set aside our differences to love as you have called us to love another. Would you be with them in the coming days and weeks and months and years as they begin to try and rebuild? May we not grow weary and praying for better and for more of your goodness to flow down. We pray for the welfare of Smyrna and Cobb County as schools begin to return face to face tomorrow and teachers begin to navigate the unimaginable difficulties of serving both communities, their students on a computer screen and in the classroom. And how does that work and the logistics that go into that? God, would you give them a very supernatural, specific strength and endurance to do this well? That they would have people in surprising ways cheering them on saying, we are for you, we are with you. We will support you. We will trust that you are doing the best that you can for every one of your students. May we as the community, may we as parents be a people of extreme grace and kindness and patience. draw strength from you and from you alone as we ourselves are growing weary and tired we pray for River City Church and all those that are in it we pray for those who feel unseen and unknown and unheard who are battling quiet, quiet struggles in darkness that fear shame and judgment by bringing it to light. We speak to those places. We speak to those who are feeling like they can't move, that they can't breathe or everything will fall apart. We speak to you and we say, God, would you speak life? 
life abundantly? Would they find this place in River City to be a place of, of community and refreshing? I thank you for the blessing of River City Church and the people that are in it and all the ways that we reflect your image that we get to learn from one another, that we get to love one another. What a privilege and an honor it is. May we link arms as we continue to walk out the year that is 2020, holding each other up, fighting for one another, speaking truth and love to one another. We ask that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I just want to start by saying it's probably a little bit of a miracle that I'm here today. I, I jacked my back up again, but I decided to stay on the couch yesterday for all day, watched a lot of football. Didn't get to go last night, which is what I'm thankful for, not that I didn't get to go, but how awesome I heard that it was thanks to... Shane and to Jordan Hamilton for lead, I don't, what'd you guys do? You sang out in the parking lot? Yes. Old school style. I heard it was amazing. I wish I could have been there. Um, so I'm really thankful for the Bronner Nights and for the RCC Nights because it's a really a good way to engage the community. It's been great. Uh, I recommend that you start jumping into some of those if you haven't yet. It's a way to be around the people again. A lot of people aren't willing to come back to this space yet, and that's okay. Today we're going to jump into our first week. We're doing POTS which if you don't know about River City, what our pots are, are prayers of the season. Everybody say that to me, prayers of the season. These are very important to us. We don't take this lightly. A couple times a year, we all pray together and we seek God about what he's leading our body into. We don't then present really specific prayers that are really closed-ended that only have one way to answer. We present kind of open-ended guidance prayers, asking him to lead us into things because he sometimes answers differently than we would expect. He most of the time answers differently than we would expect. And so we're going to spend the next couple months going through POTS. It will be kind of a divergence from the lectionary, even though sometimes there'll be an overlap. We're talking about doing things during the week. This week, I'm going to at some point set up a Zoom call and walk people through an entry route into the spiritual disciplines and then practice Lectio Divino together, built around today's passage, which I love. Um, I recommend if you really struggle figuring out a way into spiritual formation, discipleship, what does it look like for me to grow, this would be a great thing for you to jump into. That's TBD on the time, but you'll get it this week. So this week's pot, number one, is for me a reason why I want to do this. So I'm not doing this for fame, even though I'm super famous at this point. I'm not doing this for what I receive uh, financially, even though God is taking care of us. I am doing this for this reason. When I think about why I want to do this for the rest of my life, this is the reason I want to do this. It's not just this, but this is it for me. If I can see this happen in you guys, in people, in myself, I believe the church is functioning as it should in Smyrna and Marietta. This is why we exist, right? We actually said a thing a little bit ago in a song that I've never caught because it's a hill song 
song, and all I remember is in youth ministry when I was a youth pastor, this was the song you kind of turn up a little bit and people went a little crazy. Does anybody remember that song from youth ministry? Anybody? I, I was in youth ministry when this song came out, and I remember watching that CD, DVD, and some of you don't know what that is, but it's a thing we used to use a lot. And I remember watching people worship and thinking, oh my gosh, like, this is what I've been longing for. I put it on play in our youth room and by myself over and over again watched it. This was one of the songs. But one of the lines in that song's from, in that song from this group who is passionate about worshiping God through song and seeking God and Jesus being present is let justice and praise become my embrace. That almost slipped by me, right? Because I think for a lot of us, there's a tension between living a justice-oriented life and then living a life connected to Jesus. I think sometimes, at least maybe for me, churches choose one or the other. We're gonna be a church that loves God so much that we're just kind of gathering in rooms and worshiping forever. And then there's churches who are like, no, you have to live missionally. You have to be about what the kingdom's about. The Old Testament prophets are talking about justice, but reclaiming about speaking truth to power. What if both of these things can become our embrace? I think for me, that's the goal. There will always be a tension there though because people are people and people desire what they desire. And so today we're gonna talk a little bit about our desires and how good they can be and how not good they can be. But I wanna read you our first pot. So, clear paths for formation and discipleship. Lord, we continue to pray for clear paths for formation and discipleship as we deepen and strengthen our relationship with you and the RCC family. Continue to revive our hearts with a deeper sense of connection and commitment to you. May we humble ourselves to pursue worship and praise even in the midst of difficult times. I think of the passage that we've been speaking from, I talk about it every week, where our hearts not warmed within us. Two of his disciples said as they walked with him and then he left, and then they realized, oh my gosh, my heart is warmed. I can remember seasons of my life when I was walking with Jesus when my heart was so warmed it was like, nobody can take this away from me. I believe Jesus is leading us into a space where he is trying to reconstruct this space with you to know him deeply. And so today, this pot will be right in our faces. So where are we at with it? Where are you at with it? What are you doing with Jesus? How are you living this gospel life? What's your mode of opera? Something? Anybody know? That's what it is right there. Leslie's brilliant. So when I think about this, I've had conversations with a lot of people recently that seem to be hitting walls, especially walls with Jesus or the church, I'll be more transparent. A lot of people are hitting more walls with the church than Jesus. A lot of people are becoming more frustrated with the church. A lot of people are having stronger opinions about what needs to happen and what's not happening. And it's producing questions that come from desire. Questions like, is being spiritually dry like the way the rest of my life is gonna be? Why, when I read the Bible, do I feel nothing? Nothing sparks, I feel like I wanna sleep, is my desire to not be in Christian community a good thing? Why am I so busy that I literally have no time to spend with Jesus? These questions that surface in times like a pandemic that you have to deal with. Well, I think today I wanna talk about 
how Jesus wants to interact with you. So I wanna do this first. If you can take your inner critic, the one that says, I'm not gonna walk any closer with Jesus, it's not even real, I don't know why we're doing this, I should be out having a mimosa and walking my dog, which is what 90% of Smyrna is doing right now. It's the most active Sunday mornings I've ever been a part of. What are the things, right, that make you feel like this is probably not even worth it? I want you to take that part of you and put it over here and put them in a seat like we did last year and just say, you can speak in a little bit. The critical, this isn't gonna work guy is gonna go over here and you're gonna sit in a space where what if the possibilities are actually open with Jesus? Now I want that to be our interaction today because Jesus is always inviting us, right? There's invitations from Jesus. I wanna bring some clarity because of a conversation I had with Jonathan Lee this week about the Trinity, right? So I've been told before, I have a strong, heavy focus on Jesus. To me, that's like a compliment. It hasn't always meant that from people, like you should focus more on God, or why do we avoid God, or you should focus more on the Holy Spirit. I don't avoid any of them, but I, I believe as we talk through this, God's desire for Jesus was to show what he meant. It was the incarnate, version of himself to walk among us. So do I think Jesus is more important than God? I think that's a tricky conversation. I think what God meant was Jesus and he incarnated Jesus for us to walk and talk and live amongst us, present. So the Holy Spirit's not important? No, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit and you'll have power to be my witnesses. But listen to that phrase. You'll have power to be my witnesses. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you power to witness of who? Jesus, always illuminating. So there's this version of God we want, which is like justice, and he did all the crazy stuff in the Old Testament that's hard to reconcile. Couldn't really understand him yet without the lens of Jesus. And then there's this version of the Holy Spirit, which is like all power, I get what I want, I pray it, I receive it, it's mine. I've been told, like, I'm gonna get my blessing right now, I'm gonna speak it into this room, I'm gonna get everything I want in the rest of my life, that's my path, that's not it either. They're all so intertwined, but Jesus is the manifestation of what he meant. So we look at Jesus in the gospels and we say, that's very important. If you wanna understand what you need to step into as a Christian, you need to understand the gospels. What did God mean by Jesus and why is the Holy Spirit always illuminating? Jesus. So Jesus to me, when you tell me, I think you focus a little too much on Jesus, I think, thank you for saying that. That was really, that was a great compliment. That doesn't mean the spirit doesn't have power. That doesn't mean God is almighty, powerful, just. I just think when we step into this space, this is the in route. When we talk about the invitations, we're gonna speak directly from an actual invitation while understanding he invites us each differently in a different way. I'm gonna read you this passage first. This is Matthew 4, 18 through 22. And walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, always kind of integrating their life into the invitation. Notice this about Jesus's interactions. He's integrating their life into the invitation, pulling something out of what's already there, so it's not like a you gotta go restart and do it all better and come find me. He starts with where they're at. I'll make you guys fishers of men. I understand fishing, I'm fishing right now. That's awesome, Jesus, thank you. 
And he said to them, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. In the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, he called them. Immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. So this is the beginning for disciples following Jesus. And it's very important to understand that he's still acting in the same way with us. So really quickly on paths, there's two things I want you to have clarity on today. What is spiritual formation and what are the paths? Why did we not just say spiritual form our body? Because we understand people want that, but most people don't know how to get to it. Most people bring baggage from history and church past that tells them this is the way you grow in Christ. And many of them have done this with that. And so many people are actually deconstructing now, which I actually would submit that maybe it's not even deconstruction, maybe it's reconstruction into the life of God, which is Jesus Christ, and maybe it's actually stepping away from things that have actually hindered. And so, so today, I didn't say easy paths for spiritual formation as a pot, because I think that's what we look for. I said clear paths. A clear path into spiritual formation and discipleship. We like to think, I can jump into this church, whatever church, and they have a 10-step discipleship plan, and if I go through all those courses, I'm, I'm a disciple. I can probably lead. I can probably preach at that point. It, it doesn't, it, that doesn't mean that you won't be formed in those scenarios, but that's not the way that it happens. It's not meant to be easy, and I know this because I saw what he did with the Israelites when he led them out of Egypt. He said, I've heard your desire, and your desire is that you be free from slavery. I am going to provide a way for you out of that. And the way out of that will look like leaving this city. And we think when we step into the gospel or, or sit in a, in a church and think about how do I step into this, this walk or the way with Jesus, that it should be like, yeah, I do this step here. It's the 101 of church. I understand why everything's working. And then I go to the 102 and then there's the Holy Spirit, the 103, and then there's the mission, the 104. And all of a sudden I'm like this spiritually formed disciple who's ready to be a Jedi in my city, but it doesn't work that way because there's a part of the path that creates the disciple. And a part of that is so sloppy and messy and uneasy. And the things that happen are not for him that way, but for us that way. Think about the Israelites. Think about the disciples. The Israelites leave within just a little while. They're ready to go back. Why are they ready to go back? It was easier there. It was easier in slavery. They think we leave Egypt, we get to the promised land. Their view is the promised land is the goal. And for Jesus, the journey is the goal. Because in the journey, discipleship and spiritual formation happen. Think about it. What kind of formation and friendship and connection happened between those people? When they were traveling through rivers, when they were seeing their food run out, when they were being told, I'll give you food for each day and nothing more. And then having to deal with the guy that decided to store up a little bit more and then all his food rotted. Having to walk through these things together, I bet by the time Many years later, descendants get to the promised land. They had stories about the faithfulness of God that could have never happened if the path would have been like out of Egypt into the promised land. Yay, we're just gonna do this, right? Like we're gonna build a big church here and invite everybody from all over the world and they're all gonna come. It doesn't work that way. The journey and the walk is the whole point. 
And I love Adele Calhoun, who wrote a book called The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook. We've, we've promoted this book so many times. Um, here it is for all of you watching from home or for you watching from home. <laughs> I love that she labels a possible pathway because we want it to be easy or we think it's impossible. That's the other side is we've been told, well, you gotta, like, you gotta make sure you're obeying all the 10 commandments every, every second of the day. And you're like, well, I'm not doing super good with that, right? Like, or there's this strenuous achieve and attain and pursue God. And I, I remember as a youth pastor, we made our whole, we had a massive youth ministry, read this book. I'm not gonna say who the author was. I didn't read it beforehand. It was a lot going on. And then I read it afterwards and it was the most religious, hard, uh, painful to read, highlight the negatives of your humanity, make you feel like the weight was so big. And I had all of them read it and was like frustrated when they weren't able to finish it. And I read it and I was like, what are we giving people? What is the invitation of Jesus through the spirit of God? Are we inviting people into a more strenuous, painful, hard life? Because many of us believe that. What are we giving to people? I love in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, this invitation that almost seems otherly and not gospel. And this is from the message. Are you tired? I've read, I've read this so many times in the pandemic and I believe this is for us in the pandemic. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me and get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, walk with me and work with me Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live free and lightly. And we read that and we think, that doesn't seem real, right? So is Jesus saying to us, this is like an easy, everything, that's not what he's saying. He's saying this on the heels of a group of people who've been put, weight has been put on them by the Pharisees. So I wanna read you a story from from Paul as he's writing to the church at Philippi. You can pull this up, Bill. This is Philippians 3, 4 through 14. There's gonna be a lot of scripture today. Though, my, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more, right? Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. He's saying right here, I did all of that stuff to the letter. I was the best of these guys that were living this out in a way that was so structured and organized that it alleviated any type of connection. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. So the weight, just, just pause, you can leave it right here. The weight that's being lifted in the previous passage in the, the unforced rhythms of my grace is the kind of weight we put on ourselves to attain this on our own. It's as if the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm trying to pause you and invite you because the Spirit's gonna show you where you've tried to do this without him. It's impossible. So that weight will never go away. You'll carry it with you unless you learn the unforced rhythms of grace led by the Spirit into the presence of Jesus. It's also called keeping company with Jesus. What if the time we spend with Jesus, not structured but open, is the time we're formed the most? What if as we sit in spaces we, that were foreign to us, by a river, 
over the text without feeling like you've got to memorize it, in prayer with a friend? What if these spaces that are unforced in a conversation, what if those are the spaces where you're most formed into the character and nature of God and you didn't really have that much to do with it? What if that's the trick, is feeling like, no, I gotta do this. This year, 2020, well, I'm gonna go ahead and go to 2021, because <laughs> 2020, I think, has got its own set of stuffs. What if 2021, you sit down again and you're like, no, this is my year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna get called, I'm gonna know my calling. I'm gonna find my wife, my husband. I'm gonna kill it this year. What if you start and just decide, I'm creating space. I'm creating space this year to be formed by Jesus and it's gonna have a lot less to do with me than it is the spirit of God and Jesus. What if that is this year for you? What if all those things you're attaining or going after right now, could be, you could pause them and even start to interact with Jesus through those desires. Is this even worthwhile for me? That's what I love about Adele Calhoun that I was gonna tell you a minute ago. She found through studying the scriptures that as Jesus approached people, he asked questions of them that labeled their desire. So you can, you can look through the text. What do you want me to do for you? What would you like? What is it that you're looking for? How can I help you? He's trying to get them to a place that he can work with. He's not saying, go do this now and come back. Right, I, I did this on my own last night and pride surfaced this quick. So I thought, all right, well I wanna label my desires because I'm gonna preach on this and probably should. People that care about me always tell me I need to do more story to be more interesting because sometimes evidently I'm not interesting. This is a story about not being interesting so I'm hoping this appeases them. Um, but I did, I sat there and I was like, what do I want? What are my actual desires? And I sat there and I was like, I desire Jesus. Then I was like, I desire my family to know Jesus. Then I was like, I desire to live by the Holy Spirit's power. And I was like, I, I, honestly, I feel like I'm like literally perfect right now. And I did that until this morning. I was like, I'm good. And then I was sitting back there in worship and the Holy Spirit was like, you desire to not fail ever. So you just highlighted all the ways you think you can't fail. And I was like, oh, you're good. <laughs> Holy Spirit always working. That's the truth. The truth is, I desire to not have any false desires. And I already know where the Holy Spirit goes with me in that. Why, Josh? Why do you desire to have no false desires? I don't wanna fail. I don't wanna represent Christ in a bad way. It's the place he works that is the hardest for me to open up, which is I kind of don't feel like I am a success and I would like to attain it. But it started by me presenting a desire that I actually thought was real. I went to bed being like, this is great. The pandemic has formed me. <laughs> I'm not kidding about that at all either. That is actually where I went to bed. I was excited to come in here. I wasn't gonna say that because that sounds prideful. The reason it sounds prideful is because it is. That's what I get to share with you. But what would you say that your actual desires are? What are the, your actual desires? Don't lie about it. Don't try and, like when we keep our desires from our, the, the people who love us and Jesus, Nothing good ever happens. Imagine the disciples that desired to sit closest to Jesus, never having the conversation and keeping it to themselves and then moving away from Jesus. They would have spent the rest of their life trying to find the seat next to Jesus. But because their proximity with Jesus helped them see, oh, we don't get this yet, but you're saying we're prideful 
and actually the best seat is the lowest seat. Why do I want the highest seat? So their interaction with the desire they had became where they grew. And he started with their actual desires. Adele Calhoun says that this is the place that Jesus meets. It's a path. This is the path. Where are you desiring and let Jesus have his hands in it? Do you desire the perfect marriage? Do you desire more money? Do you desire, like me, really good things? What's behind it? What's motivating it? Most of the desires listed in scripture that Jesus has to work with are actually false desires. And he knows it, but people don't. So when he's interacting with the people about their true desires, they don't even know where they're being led. They just somehow get there with him in humility. They're like, I'm owning this now because you're leading me to something even more beneficial. Because our desires can actually lead us, we think to a better place in life or sits in Lieben, and actually, if they're false desires, will lead us to death. And death can surface in so many ways. So the way is to clear a path for you to be present in the spaces that Jesus wants to meet with you. And the best news is he wants to meet with you more than you want to meet with him, assured. Even if you're like me and checked all the boxes last night and we're good to go. Jesus desires you more than you desire him. So I just went all over the place. So a couple of things that are happening in, in talking about desires, and you can pull this up, the two things that happen that we see in scripture is with Jesus's help and our desires and longings, we can, it points us to two specific things, the true nature of your desire and interestingly, spiritual practices that actually create space for you to be with Jesus in that. So the demoniac we've all heard about that was sent, Jesus went to Decapolis, he met a man who was filled with demons, sent those, it's a whole different story, sent them into pigs, the pigs went into a lake, all kinds of crazy craziness. Freed, standing before God, the first person to receive Jesus into Decapolis is like, let me go with you, right? His desire is, I've tasted and seen, let me go with you, good desire. Jesus says, no, I need you to go be my witness to Decapolis. What? That's not at all what I would choose. I want to be with you. And Jesus is like, no, I've done this. So the spiritual practice there is witness. That's an actual practice. So the interaction of his desire has sent him to a place, but he wouldn't have chose it. The proximity of Jesus and continuing leads us to places that are more beneficial for all, including us, but many times we wouldn't choose. What would you get right now if you got exactly what you wanted? I mean, that's just an honest, I don't want you to speak back to me because there's many fives of tens people tuning in right now. I don't want to confuse them. What would you ask for and get right now? And would that be enough? Right? Can you even answer that question? So, I think each generation has been gifted a season to figure out how to be with Jesus. We've seen this from the first disciples to the desert fathers to the 12th, 14th, 16th century, even past enlightenment where people started to create space through journaling and art. All of these practices all throughout history have helped the body of Christ create space to be with Jesus. Some have been sustainably throughout the whole thing. Prayer, 
worship, scripture, things you've heard of, witness, serving. And then some have cropped up in seasons out of creativity that weren't there before. The desert fathers spent time in the desert because they needed to get away from the noise. And so they helped find things like solitude and meditation of scripture in nature. And then later we see other things surface because people are in a season where something has to change to be with Jesus. Are we not in the same kind of season right now? Are we even bumping into the spaces that form us? My, my biggest fear and my biggest hope right now, biggest fear, go back to what we had in January because it wasn't working. I mean, even the history, of the, the trajectory of the whole church global, like this idea of dominant people and, and power as primary as opposed to the, the Jesus model of life, my biggest hope is that we would become the kind of people who when we're together say things like, where our heart's not so warmed that we're sent into justice and worship and that they don't compete. What if justice and worship don't compete anymore? That'd be such a gift to know we fight for the oppressed no matter what, no matter what side is saying to not and that we sit in spaces to worship our God and open our heart to be formed by him saying, Jesus is 100% the truth in the way and there's no secondary. What if that all came together in this next season and we're the best generation ever? I think that's the point. That's pride. <laughs> so Richard Foster wrote a book called Celebration of Discipline. He collected all of the disciplines in a few different ways. There were inward, outward, and corporate. And you'll see underneath each of those all the things that many of you already practice but don't even realize it. The inward disciplines, right? Silence, solitude, meditation, right, the outward disciplines, worship, right, these things we do together, gathering is actually an outward discipline. And then the, the disciplines of uh, Dallas Willard, he, he, he collects them in two different categories as well. The one I love the most that I'm gonna talk to you just a little bit about today and then send you into your week is Adele Calhoun's way to, to, to list these things. You can pull up the worship one, it might be a little farther down. But she talks about it under the heading of an acronym, and if you're a, a previous youth pastor, an acronym is like, it's a little bit like crack to you. You're like, you gotta do it. So worship, right? Worship is the acronym that, they, that she, she buckets all of these under. And what she says is what desire, when you read these things, which desire grabs your heart? Is it to worship God? I can look at some of you in here and know that that would be your desire to open myself up to God. That would be, I think, where mine would be. To relinquish the false self of idols of the heart. That would be where Sarah's, my wife, would be. To share my life with others, people that need to tell people about the gospel. But each of these headings, worship God, open myself up to God, have things underneath them, like worship, celebration, gratitude, holy communion, rule of life, Sabbath, open myself to God, contemplation, examine, which is intricate but beautiful, uh, journaling, rest, retreat, self-care, simplicity, relinquishing the false self, confession, discernment, detachment, mindfulness, solitude, submission, sharing my life with others, accountability, community, covenant, discipling, face-to-face -face connection, hospitality, hearing God's word, the study of the Bible, Lexio Divino, one of my favorites in this season has been Lexio Divino, where we jump into the scriptures together and let everyone share what they're seeing. 
Incarnate the love of Christ, right? Mission, care for the earth, compassion, forgiveness, justice, and then prayer. There's so many headings under prayer. I can't even, I won't even begin to read. You know them, we focus on those here. But she would recommend that as you look at these, instead of thinking this year I'm gonna do all of these disciplines, I'm gonna master like five of them because Jesus is who I wanna be with, she's saying what are the invitations to you if you had one? What is your desire right now? When you see that, what jumps out to you? And as you interact with these spaces, you know, Jesus is not a genie. He's not like, thank you for asking and here's your, here's your gift. He, he interacts with you like he did the disciples. He asked about your desire because you have to partner with him in it. It's you working it with him. You're walking from Egypt to the promised land. He doesn't just take a time and put him there. You're walking, you're figuring out food, you're having the relationship with your family. You have to do it like anything else. You're walking with him in this. He guides, you're walking with him. It's not just magic carpet, get what you want right now, move on. It's the formation happens in the journey, right? And so he's not a genie, but he is saying to you, please do not berate yourself. Listen to my invitations. He's already inviting you. This is what's so interesting to me about all of us. He's already inviting all of us. 98% of us are not even aware. And it's happening through the thing that's surfacing right now for you. Justice in the world. Racial reconciliation in the world. That just, it's eating you up inside. Why does this keep happening? God is speaking to you in it. Worship of God. Why are we not a church who lays prostitutes prostate before God and wants him more. I want to be the kind of person who at any moment I'm worshiping God. He's speaking to you in it. I don't like the way the church looks right now in America. This is one I hear all the time. It's more about, uh, it's more about the American gospel. It's more about uh, power and growing. And, and why is that such a thing for me? Why does that bother? This is one that bothers me. The church has become more like America than Jesus. Why does that bother me so much? And as I interact with him in that, That's where the growth happens. And each of those things we say can lead to a practice that's actually form-fitted for you because he knows you enough to know how to lead you. And there's upward practices. Me, that's worship. Upstream. So upstream is exactly what you think. When you're walking upstream in a river, because we all do that all the time, right? It's a good analogy. It's easier. When you're walking downstream, it's harder. A downstream practice for me, I found out two to three years ago, was sitting in nature and shutting my mouth because I want to accomplish, and it was hard for me to get to that spot, but it's so much more fruitful for me. It's the spaces that I hear him the most. I see him, I experience him, I actually feel him in those spaces, not just like, it's neat, I'm here. I feel the presence of God. And in worship, I'm exuberant, I'm screaming out, I enjoy it. That's an upstream for me. That's almost like an out route instead of a, oh, you need to be quiet and be in the presence of God. For you, there's the same stuff. And it's, it's already there for us, not to become spiritual Jedi or to say to others, I've mastered this. You'll never, ever master Jesus. That is impossible but you will become such a disciple that if he says to you, no, you're not coming with me, you're going to Decapolis, they need me there. You'll be like, yes, sir, I love it. It's gonna be hard, but I'm gonna do it. He's always forming us. So today I wanna give you a couple, a couple ways to participate this week. If you really don't know 
Be on the lookout for me to send an invitation. I want to walk you through how to just jump in. What's an in route? How do we do this? There will be a really important Zoom call we do that. And then secondly, you can pull up this next one, Bill. Take small steps. Small steps. Americans, Western culture, love to go big right off the bat. Let's read all three of these books I just mentioned, right? No, don't do that. Read a chapter and then read it again and then put it down and pray. Like don't, don't go big, go small. Go so small that you can actually interact with him in the smallness. Don't berate yourself. We're all in need of Jesus. That's kind of the point. When we get to the spot where we think we're not, we're like Paul who was basically confessing to the church at Philippi, I was wrong. Jesus had to stop me in my tracks and blind me for three days for me to understand it was never about all of those regulations. It was about keeping company with him. Forgive me. Let me model that now. Don't berate yourself. We all have a story. I'll also say this hesitantly. (laughs) I think if Paul lived today, many would call what he walked through deconstruction. It wasn't deconstruction in the sense of stepping away from the faith. It was an invitation to, to actually being present with Jesus. And many of our friends and people in this room feel like they've deconstructed, but they're actually on their way to the very feet of Jesus and they don't even know it. Their hesitations are about things that weren't even Jesus by people who didn't really care. And Jesus is yearning and longing to be with them and inviting. So if you have friends in your life who are like stepping away from the faith, do not berate them. Pray for them that they would hear the invitations of Jesus as a loving father. That scripture, come to me, all who are heavy and burdened. Learn the unforced rhythms of my grace. This kind of walk that's heavier but lighter. This kind of walk that would say, I will give my entire life. This is what I believe our community will see soon. Don't try and master all the disciplines. Start by letting a desire lead you to one. Label one desire, even if it's just like, I desire to fill it in and then interact with it. Spiritual growth planner. There's copies on the table as you leave. It's about a 15-minute test to help you label what your true desires are and if there is disciplines you can interact with this week. Grab one. There's only about 20, I think. Is that right, Mariah? She's downstairs? Okay. Uh, If you need another one, we'll make it available online. And then next week, you're going to hear about practicing this in community. This is so important. So important that just if a few of you, you don't have to wait on your church to produce a discipleship program for you to grow with Jesus. Does everybody know that? Many of you are like, well, I'm just waiting for you guys to finally like do something. And Jesus is like, what are you, what are you, why? Do it. Find a buddy. You're getting married? You're married? You're not married? Find somebody. I want to pray more. Okay, let's try it. What do you desire? Start there. My desire is this. My desire is this. All right. Start practicing in community. We're going to provide a lot of opportunities for that. Um, anyway. So I could ramble because this is, this is my favorite stuff. We're long in the tooth, forgive me. This to me makes me want to dance like nobody's watching. When I think of you possibly stepping in in the way Jesus would lead you and stepping out of like a broken routine of life that's just getting you to the end so you can be like, what did I do? What if you right now do what you would that, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, here's what I did. I made it real. I knew Jesus loved me and I followed him with everything. He's so good. 
All right, so you can stand with me. You can come up for um, some ministry time. Uh, we ask that you stand during ministry time unless you just have to sit, um, and then that's okay. We're not gonna fight you on that. I think each generation is given the opportunity to be creative about being with Jesus and to show the world how to do that. And what ways is that happening right now for you? So go ahead and close your eyes. I'm gonna just lead you in a prayer. Jesus is interacting with your desire, healthy or unhealthy. To him, it's the same, healthy or unhealthy. It's about saying to him what it is. So God, help that path. Lead us to space with you to be formed, to keep company with you. I pray that that would be solidified on people's minds and hearts today. Keep company with Jesus. Yes, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit is all-powerful and illuminating and can do things no one else can. Yes, God is almighty. Yes, God is forever. He's everything. And yes, Jesus is what he wanted us to see. So we want to just be the kind of body that reverberates with the love of God. That we're not ashamed that we love God and then when we express it to the community around us, it's so hearable because it's genuine. That the word of our testimony and your blood would permeate this city. People would receive restoration and freedom. For all those living in deconstruction, I'm just gonna pray a prayer over anybody in this room who feels like faith is dwindling for you I just kind of, I see and hear the phrase, don't give up. Don't give up. He's leading you to something you would have never thought could even be possible. He's leading you to life and out of death and doubt and fear and into hope and peace and hopeful expectation. This next season for you will look like that. So when you become witnesses to the world, it won't just look like hatred or hate speech or speaking truth to power without any foundation. It will look like someone permeated by the love of God speaking truth to power, which are both good things. But for anybody in this room, Father, who feels away or like they can't hold on anymore, let them let go of what's keeping them and not of you. Just interact for the next few moments in this room. Thankful for all of you that are here present with us and all watching at home. For sure love you, miss you. For those that are here for the first time, just come find me, we have a gift for you. I'd like to give you a distance hug. Not how to do that yet, but we'll figure it out. Uh, a couple things to be aware of this week. Uh, Bronner Wednesday night and just kind of an FYI if the Braves game is in a decent time slot we're going to host a watch party at the table if it's open for around 50 people at most so um, it'll probably be at about 8 a.m. but love you guys I'm going to pray Jesus that you would make your face to shine upon us that you would be with us that you would guide us and you would continue to bless River City Church 
with the hard things and the easy things in our development. Six and a half years old, that's crazy. And I sense such a strong move in the future for what you've got for us. I feel it reverberating throughout me, our staff. I sense it and I'm thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.